0: Hallelujah, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Over the last year, there have been so many negative things with this pandemic. But also, there have been some positives. For me, the growth in use of technology of things like Zoom, frustrating as they can be at times has meant that most weeks I am in touch with people across three or four continents, covering anything from about five jurisdictions to upwards of 10. I need to mention that before I go on with this sermon, how many different places and communities and people I'm in touch with. Because recently I spoke to someone someone who is a Christian, who has been a Christian all their life. But they told me that because of their sexuality, they do not feel safe in the church they have worshipped in for quite some time. I will repeat that. Because of their sexuality, they do not feel safe In their own church. That is their words. Not that they don't feel welcome, not that they don't feel part of it, not that they don't seem included. No, they do not feel safe. How is this even a thing in the church of Jesus Christ? when the attitudes and behaviours and actions of some members are such that fellow Christians do not feel safe in the church because they are different in some way. I would suggest that is quite damning. As I said, I am in touch with people around the world most weeks so will not identify in any way where this particular situation is. But I ask is this the Christian faith that we make people feel like this? I would like to consider today's first reading from the Acts of the Apostles, the early church. There had been disagreements going on as to whether someone needed to be a Jew and thus be circumcised if they were male before they could become a Christian, a follower of Jesus. Or in other words, was Jesus offering salvation only to a single race, a single community of people, the people of Israel? Did God really Only want to reach out to that select few. That is the context in which we find ourselves in this first reading. Is Jesus only for people like us, they were asking, those who eat the right foods, those who wear the right clothes, no polycotton, those who wash in the right way, Or if others wanted to come in, did they have to adopt that way of life in its entirety with all that that entailed? That context makes this passage all the more striking. Philip has just been preaching to the Samaritans, a subset of Judaism not seen as Pharisees and other Jews as being real Jews. They were outsiders and Philip had been preaching to them. Paul has not even yet been converted, let alone discerning his vocation to be the Apostle to the Gentiles. An angel has led Philip, a follower of Jesus, a preacher, an evangelist, to travel on the road from Jerusalem to Gaza, a road through the wilderness we hear. And he comes across a eunuch and not just any old eunuch, an Ethiopian, a court official to the queen of the Ethiopians, a high-up official, the treasurer and a foreigner, not a Jew. A eunuch, an outcast, deformed, unimportant, unwanted People would think and he was reading from the prophet Isaiah Philip asks him do you understand this he replies how can I if there's no one to guide me how can I understand if no one helps me do you ever feel like that I wonder how can I better understand the scriptures How can I better understand what it means to be a Christian, a follower of Jesus? Do I have anyone to help me, to guide me, to support me? Or maybe do you wonder how you might be able to help other people as they try to better understand the scriptures and their own faith? In all honesty these are probably the same question because surely we need to learn together as followers of Jesus supporting each other learning from each other as we grow in faith and so Philip rises to the challenge he starts explaining to this outsider something of the scriptures and how Isaiah is prophesying about Jesus And then the eunuch asks, there's some water over there, can I be baptised now? Wow, what a response, if only we had that response when we start speaking about the faith to people. I've heard it, I want it, I believe I want Jesus, please baptise me, not next week, not next month, not next year, not after a course in learning about the faith. Now, I believe I want it, I want Jesus, says the eunuch. But he's not a Jew. He's a foreigner, an outcast, deformed, unable to be the person which surely they'd be expecting. But Philip doesn't say, nah, sorry, we don't want your sort in the church. What do people think? You you wouldn't fit in over here, would you? That's not what Philip says. In fact, Philip doesn't say anything. What does Philip do? The cart stops, they get out, Philip baptises the eunuch and the eunuch goes on his way rejoicing as the Holy Spirit calls Philip to continue his ministry somewhere else. We don't know anything else about that eunuch. He's not mentioned again in the New Testament. What we do know though is he was welcomed, welcomed unconditionally without any barriers or conditions put upon him. That man, despite being an outsider, was welcomed unconditionally for who he was, created in the image of God, loved by God. He felt safe, he felt welcomed and he rejoiced That he had come to know Jesus and went on his way rejoicing and telling other people. We see the same in the Gospel reading that we've just heard. A Samaritan giving Jesus hospitality, a Samaritan and a woman, someone who would generally be avoided by Jews and that's without her unusual domestic situation. Jesus reaches out to her, though, and after this passage, she too goes and tells other people. These passages leave me with two questions. Firstly, what can we do to help others, both inside and outside our current worshipping community, to learn more about Jesus? And secondly, what can we do to make other people truly welcome, included, valued and to feel safe in the church? Or to put it another way, what might we be doing that could, maybe unintentionally, make others feel unwelcome, unimportant? And indeed, safe. So, what can we do to change that? Because the church, this church, all churches, should be places of welcome, of hospitality, of safety, of sanctuary. If we do not support others in their faith journeys, If we do not make others, no matter who they are, no matter what their background, feel that they are truly loved and accepted by God. There are some quite big questions about whether such a community could really be considered to be Christian. As we hear in today's epistle, God is love. And those who abide in love abide in God and God abides in them. Let us live that love, let us show that love in every part of our being. Alleluia! Christ is risen!